Hello, good evening and welcome to another French Football Weekly special. I'm doing the air quotes things. I am your host, Chris, and uh, this evening I've got a full house because tonight we're going to be going through some awards. These are the uh, Liga, Liga and Women's League uh, French players or players, young players, managers, the, the lot. We've got all the awards this evening. The, the UNFP awards. Thank you. And that is the uh, voice of the glamorous assistant for this evening. Uh, hello, Phil. I told you I'd say it, didn't I? Uh, bonsoir. <laughs> and uh, less glamorous, but equally as entertaining and, of course, knowledgeable, it's Rich and Jez. Good evening, gents. Hi. You can be glamorous if you wish, but that would sound a bit creepy. So uh, we'll move swiftly on. Uh, right. So uh, what we're going to do is we're basically going to break down the categories um, of the awards. Uh, I'm going to give you the horrible, crass English pronunciations. And Phil is going to delightfully... Uh, Pronunciation. Thank you. You're absolutely right. See, it starts start as we mean to go on, Jez. We'll start badly and only get worse. <laughs> Uh, so what we're going to do is go through the individual categories. I'm sure we'll have a little bit of discussion uh, in between times about what people think or maybe don't think, whether they agree or whether they disagree. And hopefully from that, we'll form ourselves a little podcast. So uh, let's get underway then. So let's start with the Liga Managers of the Year uh, nominations or nominees, I should say. Uh, so we are looking at Olivier Dalloglio of, uh, of Dijon. We're looking at Unai Emre, the now departing PSG coach, we all know. Uh, Rudy Garcia at OM and Leonardo Jardim. Who would <coughs> like to kick us off? Uh, as soon as you cough, Jez, on you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think um, two things I want to say to start with. First of all, because it's probably going to come up because we're definitely going to not be happy with certain nominations. Um, is to remember that it is the players and the coaches who nominate these, who, who do the votes. Um, I think often there's a tendency to assume that it's um, some ridiculous suits in their ivory tower, who don't, ivory towers who don't know what they're talking about. Um, every year I'm consistently shocked by the complete lack of imagination from players and coaches whom you'd expect to know better. Um, the second thing is with everything that we're going to discuss in terms of Ligue 1, there's, there's a kind of, you know, with PSG, it, it all depends on what the criteria are because they've been so dominant in Ligue 1 that in some ways it makes sense for them to win everything, but in some ways that's why it's sometimes difficult to argue in their favour. And I think coach of the season is one of those obvious ones. PSG won the won the title at a canter. Um, they're almost certainly going to win the treble yet again. Um, they only dropped points in the at home in the league for the first time this weekend. Um, so all of that put together, you'd think, well, of course, Dunai Emery should be a shoo-in for coach of the year. Um, and I guess it is fair enough, I suppose, that, that he'd be nominated. But as I said, PSG are so dominant, all the cards are stacked in their favour, that there is an element of me that thinks, well, has he actually done anything particularly special to deserve that nomination? Um, and I kind of would have liked, I think there have been a lot of teams that have really impressed this year a lot more than PSG have. And maybe that's unfair because they can only do what they're doing, basically. 
but it would have been nice to see a few other other coaches there i think um for me jardim probably deserves another nomination because he's kept monaco right up there again all season often not particularly playing well and dealing with players off form dealing with a few injuries and um, not the most consistent um sort of team selections um so i think he deserves to be up there considering that he's kept them competitive with such a different starting team to last year but you know in a way these awards come slightly early because if he does slip down to fourth then possibly um there'd be an argument for saying maybe he shouldn't be there and Rudy Garcia I think has done a fantastic job I mean you can yeah. you can criticize him a little for not having um uh got anything against the bigger teams but it's not the strongest squad in the world he's got three or four very talented players and not much around that whether it's his fault or the powers that be's fault that they haven't recruited the more in the more obvious positions um you know he's he's really done a, a good job of keeping marseille competitive and obviously that's without even getting started on how brilliantly they've done in the europa league so he definitely deserves his place and olivier delolio is just fantastic to see uh um a coach of a sort of less fashionable team down there i mean personally i'd have gone for probably if i was going to choose one from the lower teams probably pelicier amia who um you know i think was ev- everyone's favorite to be relegated and they've done brilliantly this year to i mean they're they're essentially safe now um but they've looked pretty comfortable for a while now um but you know no complaints with dalolio being there because same same principle he's kept Dijon safe and he's done it sort of promoting a really entertaining brand of football as well mm. i mean if you look at i mean he took over in the 12-13 season after they got relegated last time under patrice cadron and they finished 7th 6th 4th in league 2 came up as second place last season they were 16th it was a little bit iffy at times but they stayed up and now they're 12th and as jess says they're playing very entertaining football ironically they've got in goals terms the worst defense in the league but when you consider they were hammered 8-0 by PSG which was a complete aberration that kind of makes up a lot of that um so he seems to have managed to engender this sense of deserving to be where they are um which is, you know um kind of communicates itself well but also as he says a really kind of fun type of football to watch because when you think about kind of the Vontemu of of Ligue 1 some of it is not that good a watch <laughs> sometimes but Dijon are always 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 a good watch and um I think that's a testament not just to the the group of players they've got because they have got some very good players but the you know the the way he manages them um so yeah that's a, it's really good to see him in there um in in those nominees i would i would just in in, in two that um that i would look at adding is is one as as jez has mentioned i'd be looking at policier of amion i think what has been achieved there is nothing short of incredible um you know back to back promotions in in consecutive seasons you know this this tiny club had not really been in the top flight and as jess said everybody's favorite to be relegated and relegated at you know almost record breaking levels of poor performances but they've surprised everybody 
And the fact that we are now, I know we're only two or three games before the end of the season, but that the Amiens are safe is, is absolutely remarkable. Um, so it does, it does concern, well, not concern, it does make me scratch my head a little that he's not there because I think it, it, you know, Amiens was such a dead cert for relegation that, you know, the, the achievement almost feels like it's gone unrewarded because this was probably the only category where you could put a, an Amiens representative. Um, mm. I think he's, he's, we'll, we'll come on to that later, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. Uh, so I think he's. I'd like to have seen. I'd like to have seen him nominated. I'd quite like to have seen Kombuare nominated. Uh, yet again, you know, it's, it seems that we're repeating ourselves season after season, and maybe that's what counts against him. That that Gangon continue to be punching above their weight. You know, it's it, it. They haven't really looked in a great deal of trouble nearly all season. They've been. Been hovering around that sort of mid-table, upper, lower mid-table, felt like all season. And what he continues to get out of that squad with the you know a tiny budget, with everything that that Gangon represent, again it just feels like uh, it, it it should have been a, it should be it should be recognised. We keep saying it, but it never seems to be recognised. Now I think I you know if you were like telling me two two managers who I'd drop off, I would drop off Emery. I don't think PSG have performed to the level that that squad should have done. Um, yes, they have won the, the league at a, at a canter, as has been pointed out, but it's not been those impressive, amazing performances that, that I really would expect for the money that's spent and the squad that that is compared to everybody else's. And then Jardine, I don't, you know, Monaco have not been as good this season. Yeah, they've been second for the majority of it, but it, I know obviously these were, these were released before. You know they were perhaps quite as, as as hovering quite as they are now on the precipice of perhaps even finishing fourth. But I just feel that that the sort of underdog managers, if you like, perhaps of and it's, it's the it's the perils of these lists, isn't it? Really, I mean they're always going to be open for debate. But if I'm if I was picking, I'd like to have seen those two given a given a nod. The one other I'd like to mention, but he probably was never going to just because he's only been there for half a season, is Gasset at Saint-Étienne because yeah. mm-hmm. their transformation in the second half of the season has been magic. spectacular. Yeah. Good show, yeah. Not, um, not Bruno Genesio in that list anywhere. Funny that. Um, well, okay. I, I mean, I think people overdo the, the criticism of him. I, I'm only <laughs> poking the bear, I promise. <laughs> no, I just, I just I think, think it's become, point. it's become a sort of truism, and yeah, he has his limitations, but he's not the only one. And you know, he hasn't, he doesn't, he's got a very talented squad, but it's not necessarily the easiest to work with. Half of them are kids, and the other half are massive egos. He has probably a quite meddling president on his back, although generally he is supportive of his coaches. He hasn't got the easiest fans. Um, sort of baying for his blood each week um and you know he's stayed up there he's survived crises he's been sort of noble enough to to offer to to fall on his sword when things went badly um and now he's showing a bit of sort of tactical variety as well so i'm not saying he'd be in my top four but i don't think he's um as undeserved or i think he does he deserves it as much as a couple that are on in that list yeah, yeah, fair play, fair play, and and a spirited uh, riposte to my um, blatant fishing. I do apologise. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, um, Phil, would you like to give a, a mention because we're not going to go through sort of in too much depth league and the <clears throat> women's uh, award as well. Did you want to give a mention to both? 
Well, there's no women's managerial award. Um, the Ligue de uh, managers who are nominated are Bernard Blacca from Nîmes, who are in second place, Pastel Gastien. Uh, Blacca won last year. Uh, Pascal Gastien from Clermont, who are in fifth. Olivier Pantaloni from AC Ajaccio, who are currently third. And, of course, David Guillon from Vras, who um, are already champions. So you'd imagine he's going to um, possibly be a shoe-in there. So uh, the Ligue 2 um, best, uh, best managers are all from uh, you know, the top five, as one, one might expect. I think, relatively like, uh, speaking, Haas are sort of big boys in Ligue 2. Yeah. Um, but what Blacker has done, you know, two seasons ago, saving Nîmes yeah. when they had that massive points a, deduction. What was it, a minus nine points deduction? And they had Something a massive like that, yeah. party when they got to a positive points total, which took several weeks. Um and, and then progression last year and looks like they're going to cut it looks like they're going to come up so, so yes yeah they definitely uh, deserve something and my apologies for inventing a an award that doesn't exist which we did joke about pre-pod and i still did it so well done me um one uh award that does exist though which we are going to now talk about is the liga uh guardian or goalkeeper if you will um there's four nominees once again alphonse Ariola, psg of course benjamin lecomte who i have bit of a man crush on which is a little disturbing Anthony Lopez from OL Lyon and Steve Mondonda since his return to Marseille uh Rich would you like to kick us off on this one um I think really there's only two there's only two possibles from this I know many people would argue there's three um if I'm looking at at deserved people on that list it's Benjamin Lecomte I think he's been we all agree I think he's been fantastic this season in what has been a fantastic Montpellier defence, and he has been as integral part of that as any player. Um, and the other, I think, is Alphonse Ariola. I think it, I, I get a little bit of a, a bee in my bonnet about Ariola because so many people seem to be jumping on this. Well, you know, they they need a Champions League level goalkeeper to make the next step. No, no, they don't. No, they've got a very, very, very good goalkeeper in Ariola. Who is think, as good as Donnarumma, by the way. Sorry to cut in, but I keep, I'm getting so sick of hearing this Donnarumma lark. He's nowhere, he's nowhere, he, he's not an elite level goalkeeper Donnarumma, any higher than Alphonse Ariola. Sorry, carry no, on. No, I think if you actually watch Ariola's performances this season, I think you could make a very strong case that throughout the entire campaign, Ariola has been maybe PSG's best player hmm. if you, across the entire season. And I include all, you know, all competitions in that. He's certainly a standout player in the Champions League. You know, I think some of those, you know, that result, the results against against Madrid, could have been far, far worse and far more embarrassing had it not been for Ariola. Time and again, he's he saves them in league and when, you know, the outfield players have yet again not performed to the potential and and, and the capabilities that they have. So it just seems ridiculous that they're still pushing this agenda of, well, you know, let's look at bringing in someone like Donnarumma. Let's look at bringing in someone like, um, I don't know, like Alisson from, from Roma. It's like, you've got an amazing young goalkeeper here. There's far, far more other areas of the pitch that PSG need to improve on. Goalkeeper really isn't. Um, sadly for Ariola, I feel that it's going to happen. 
and they are going to look to bring in a supposed big name player. Um, and if I'm Ariola, then I'm telling PSG to stick it. You know, he was out on loan for for plenty of times, which you know, at a very young age, I don't disagree with. But he's come back. Yeah, he had a bit of a wobble when he first came back to PSG, and he was benched for Trap. Well, you know, we saw how well that's worked out with with Trap as goalkeeper. Ariola's come back into the squad, and this season. He's been pretty much flawless. I haven't seen any of those mistakes that he was making last season, um, which which was ultimately caused him to lose his spot. I think he's been an absolutely superb goalkeeper, and I think between Ariola and Lecomte, I think I don't I don't particularly have any issue if either of those win the award. Sadly, <laughs> I think it's going to be Mondanda that will win the award <laughs> because seemingly if Mondanda's on the list, he's going to win the award, and that just seems to be the way it goes. He doesn't have to necessarily. He's a very good goalkeeper, don't get me wrong. And I think he has had a good season. But I don't think he's had a stellar season. One or two matches, yes. But I think throughout the campaign, I don't look at him and think, oh my God, he's Ligue best goalkeeper. Um, he's a very solid goalkeeper. I think Anthony Lopez, very solid goalkeeper. I don't quite know. Obviously, we've, <laughs> Jeremy pointed out before we went into these, these rambles that it's the players and coaches that decide these. How between them they haven't come up with Stefan Ruffier mm. as one of the nominees, I, I, I really don't know because he's certainly been a far better goalkeeper, I think, this season than, than Anthony Lopez and Steve Mondonda. Um, I, I know I'm going to get Leon fans and Marseille fans on my back again for that, <laughs> but he just has. And I defy you if you watch the performances he put in, he's far more integral to that team than, than Lopez is to Leon and Mondonda is to Marseille. Um, so that that's my issue with the list, and Ariola and Lecomte would be my my picks for who who would take away that award. Any um any other arguments, um, Phil or Jazz? Anybody missing? As uh, well, Lafont have a shout. I mean, it's well, not been... this this is where I would maybe throw in a shout for somebody from Amiens because Reggie Skirtner has been really really good. Um, now you look at the goals conceded, Ariola's. 25, Lacombe 31, Lopez 38. Who else is on 38? Amiel. They don't score, which is how come they're lower down the table. But he has done, Gertner's done a really fabulous job um, in goal for Amiel. And arguably, Scipion uh, Tatarasanu for Nantes, uh, who's only conceded 39, also has done a, a great job. They've both got 10 clean sheets. And you know, given the kind of teams they are, particularly Amiel, that's fabulous. That's been something that they can build on to have have pulled off this season, which was kind of unexpected. A bit like Angers did a couple of years ago when they came up and ended up, you know, eighth, given that they never conceded any goals. If your defence works as a newly promoted team, that's a big help. And Gertner has been a really big help for Amiel. So... You know, kind of thought he might get a shout there. Mm. I pretty much agree with uh, the aggregate of what, of what Phil and Rich <laughs> said. Um, I think Gertner deserves a shout. I think Tatarasani definitely does. I've never been Ruffier's biggest fan, but I'm surprised nope. he's not there. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, Lopez and Mondanda, I agree exactly with what Rich said. I think they've both been very good, not spectacular. I think that there's been a real groundswell of anti Anthony Anthony Lopezness um, in a sort of anti Olas anti Leon way this season. So I don't think he's got a, a chance in hell. Um, 
which I don't think is fair. And as Rich said, again, in the opposite vein, Mondonda, however many rickets he comes up with, and he still does, and he still has this year. Um, for some reason, everyone forgets them and only focuses on his decent performances. So I reckon he'll get it. But I also agree it should be between Ariola, who I think has improved hugely, and particularly in the Champions League, I think he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Leconte, who um, we all liked before, I think. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I'm sure we've had similar conversation about him <laughs> him deserving to, to win this award before. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, uh, well, it's a good chat there. Uh, we wanted to, um, of course, give a nod to League Dart as well. Phil, who, have, uh, who are the nominees? So the nominees are Paul Bernardoni at Clermont, uh, Gauthier Lausonnier at Stabrestois, uh, Jean-Louis Lecca at AC Ajaccio, and Edouard Mendy of Reims, who probably has had quite a quiet time of it, but they've only conceded 20 goals uh, in, their, in their championship push. So either he's good or he's not had a lot to do. But uh, I think Paul Bernardoni is one who obviously barreled around a couple of league 1 clubs, um, both owned and on loan. I'm not sure if he's still actually on loan at Clermont. If, um, if he still belongs, he is. Still, yeah, he is. I think. Still belongs in Inigo. So, I mean, he played for a lot of uh, France youth teams as well and also looked 38 at the age of about 19. So, whatever. It, it, but, it's crazy he's 21. If you look yeah. at the genuine, if you get a picture of Seriously, him. Seriously, he, he does he not. I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm not, it's Vanidi George again. There's going to be dental. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I mean, Jean-Louis Lecart has, um, uh, I think, is, is a name that comes up quite a lot. He he can put in some some great performances, but it'll be interesting to see who gets that because obviously Mendy is kind of in the Areola position that the champions, they haven't conceded a lot of goals, possibly because they kind of haven't been bothered that much, but whether he's going to get it because they really have, um, you know, kept uh, kept that door locked, uh, maybe he will get that one. Mm. Last Sonner has been on fire. Yeah. Interesting. We shall see. That, that uh, was a joke. Thanks, Jess. Thanks. <laughs> Just... We'll we'll note that I'm for later. We'll let that sink in as we hastily move past it. Um, there it goes into the background. Young player. Uh, this is always an interesting one. I'm sure this will uh, pose some interesting debate as well. Uh, we'll give a nod to the women in a moment, but first of all, the men's. Um, in terms of the nominees, uh, do you want me to give you the list first of all, or, or has anybody got a case for anybody that's not on the list at this stage? I think give the list because apart from everything else, we found out what Malcolm's first name is. Uh, Felipe or Philippe? Philippe yes. Malcolm. Um, I, I wish it. We... I really yes, wished it was yeah. Nigel, because that would have been brilliant. <laughs> Nigel, Malcolm, Fred, something like that. Um, anyway, so uh, yes, Philippe, Philippe or Philippe Malcolm of uh, Bordeaux, Hassim Oa of Lyon, Tange Ondombele also of Lyon, and uh, some bloke called Mbappe. Never heard of him, he'll never make it. Um, they're the four from Liga. Um Phil, do you want to start us off on this one? Any uh, any debates, any any that you feel are missing or any that shouldn't be on there, maybe? Well, I think, um, obviously, Mbappe won this last year. He's also in the big category later on. Um, so it kind of feels a bit, you know, kind of greedy to have him in here as as well. This should be open for the, for the younger players. I'm still not quite sure what the age cutoff is on this one, but I think I'd be going with Mbappe. 
because okay. less fashionable, less goals, less, you know, bombing at bombing forwards, whatever. But seriously, brilliant player. So I much as I love, you know, Malcolm Money's on song, he has dips, obviously, which is understandable in young player. And, you know, our is clearly going to be a creative force uh, of of the future for, for many years. But Ndombele doing that role in a team like this Leon team, which is kind of all about the, the forward thrust. I think that him, you know, he's the he's the one I I'd be picking on that front. Mm, um, just the solidity. Shame yeah, yeah. to uh, see João Moutinho miss out on this award this year. Uh, I kid, of course. Um, Rich, you, you tend to agree or have any different views at all? Yeah, I, I actually, to be honest, I don't have a great deal to gripe about on this category. Um, <laughs> Stop the presses, everyone. Richard <laughs> wearing his hat of positivity again. <laughs> it's, it's four players who I think have all had a, a strong season. I think Mbappe has had a very good season. He's, he's got the, you know, the, the cliched second season syndrome. He's not the amazing, you know, this, this, whoever on earth, wherever he's come from, whoever is he, he's lost that. Obviously everybody around the world knows who he is now. And yeah, I don't think there have been moments throughout the season where his form has dropped a little. I think if you, if you take a look at his, his statistics, he's still producing the goods He's still getting the goals. He's still providing some, you know, getting on the, uh, getting in on the assists. He's still looking dangerous, um, and this is only his um, sort of second full season. So I, I think taking all that into consideration, he has actually had a good campaign. Um, you know, for a player like him to have been thrust into what PSG were were aiming for and campaigning for with the players he was playing alongside, it can't have been easy. Um, certainly for him to have adapted from, from what was happening at Monaco. So I think he has had a good campaign. I think Malcolm um, certainly started the season really well. You know, when Bordeaux were, were looking like, actually, you know what, they could potentially break into the top four. Malcolm was integral to that performance. I do think, though, that as the season's gone on, there has been a slight decline in the levels of his performance, which have, you know, by no, no coincidence, have, have have run in line with, with Bordeaux's drop in form as well. So, which for me just leaves you, uh, Auer and, and, and Dombele, I think, as the, for me, would be the two leading candidates for this. Um, obviously, completely different kinds of player. Um, I love Auer. I think he, what he's going to become will be something really special. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've absolutely loved watching Dombele this season. I love that kind of player, first and foremost. So, there's perhaps a bit of bias there. But I think what he is brought to that Leon midfield um, and, and the performances he put in. The, the, when um, Leon beat PSG, his performance in that game was, was probably one of the standout performances of the season from any player. He absolutely bossed that midfield with far more senior players and far more experienced players around him. Um, he, was, he was the dominant player on that pitch and he knew it. And it was brilliant to watch because... He was tracking back. He was getting stuck into tackles. He was running forward with the ball. He was pinging passes everywhere. He was joining in the attacks. He was all over the place. And it was just a joy to watch. And it's not an isolated performance. We've seen that time and time again this season. And that midfield trio, I think Lucas Toussaint is perhaps a little unlucky to miss out. 
Mm. <laughs> they probably couldn't have had three Leon, three Leon players there. We'll come um, to that later. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I think Toussaint has had a fantastic season as well. He's probably the victim of being the the, the player in that midfield three that's the less obvious, that certainly doesn't do any glamorous work at all. He is the you know the sort of mopper up if you like and and those players rarely there's exceptions of course but those players rarely get these kind of accolades but there is a shout out to him because he has had a very good season um you know he's had to step into big shoes with with Maxime Gonalon having left and they've not missed him in fact they've probably looked better with him in there than, than Gonalon so I think he deserves a shout out I can't really complain with all four of these candidates and if I'm voting and with Phil in, in Undombele has just been terrific this season. Mm, good shout, good shout. Jez, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, Mbappe, I think, is kind of a victim of his own success. And because there's been a bit, a bit of a drop-off, um, you wonder if he absolutely deserves it. I think young player he does will get on to um, player of the year later. Um, Malcolm, I don't think deserves that. I think if it was player of the first ten matches of the season, then he'd be a shoe in. But I think he's done very little since then, except sulk. So um, not not impressed with that nomination. But yeah, the other two, absolutely. Um, and Dombele, I'd go further than what Rich said. From memory, he was man of the match in the first Lyon PSG match, and I think he was man of the match when Amiens played PSG very early in the season. So he's actually three times against the best team in the league he's been he's been a colossus so um i think he's been superb i think arua has been um a revelation so i wouldn't have complaints with either of them but i assume neither of them will win it um in terms of other possible nominations that i mean I, you uh, phil and rich may have views on Mukieli or Gela or Nyanyo, who I assume still qualifies age-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as ever, there's always a lot of very good young players um, around Liga. But this season, I'm not sure there's there's too many absolutely stand out. But um, yeah, for me, it's got to be Ndombele or, or Aoua. No arguments from me. Um, no arguments from me at all, in fact. So, um, Tucson was the only one that I agree to Rich. Maybe if it was five nominees, probably would have got him, but he didn't. So, we move on. Um, Phil, the ladies. Yes. So, on this, obviously, OL are the dominant team. Um, so, it's understandable that they are represented quite highly in, in the, the, the women's awards. So we've got Delphine Cascarino and Selma Bacher from OL and Marie Antoinette Katoto and Grace Giro from PSG are the four uh, nominees for Best Young Player. Weirdly, the UNFP website had, uh, instead of Bacher, Cascarino's twin sister Estelle, who plays for Paris FC, what we're calling Javizzi these days, up for several hours that it looked like Estelle Cascarino was the fourth nominee. Now, I just want you to think what would happen if uh, that was uh, the, the men's sort of young player, if they were tweeting one thing and then the, you know, Tussar was on the website, but, um, you know, uh, Undor Bele was in the tweets. Nobody has explained what happened there, particularly as this is supposed to be a coach's vote, a players and coaches vote. So looking at them, Kototo's got 20 goals this year, which is 
extraordinary, really, for, for a young player. We've got um, Cascarino and Gioro have both already played for, for the senior team. You've got to think that Katoto is going to get a call up as as uh, Corin Diacre is preparing uh, preparing the squad for the World Cup next year. Someone back a bit of a bit of a kind of wild card there. She's left back, uh, kind of coming in as Amal Mashri moves forward for Lyon. She's also played at under twenty level, but looks like a hot prospect. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they go with. Um, you know what's been done this year, Katoto twenty goals, or uh, looks a bit further forward. Maybe Cascarino could be uh, one of the forwards of the future once some of the some some of the senior players move out of the way. So that's going to be an interesting one. Stuff and uh, speaking of interesting one, that leads us sort of nicely into the the players uh, mm. of the year. So, and um, we're actually going to start with the women on this one. So, back to you, Phil. Who's uh, who's on the list? Well, we've got three former winners on the list, um, all from Lyon. What a surprise! So, Eugenie Lazama, uh, who won in 2010 and 2015, Amal Majri won in 2016, Jennifer Marajan won in 2017. Now, presumably, to kind of stop this being an oh well, uh, four for four, they've put Formiga uh, from PSG in there as the fourth choice. And frankly, if you have to pick someone who doesn't play for OL to be the fourth choice, the woman's a fucking legend. So, fair enough. But looking at that, I'm thinking, you know, what does Ada Hegerberg have to do to get in there? Because if Cavani's in the player of the year for scoring shed loans and being really enthusiastic, then that's what she does. So, you know, she's got 40 goals across Division R and the Women's Champions League. And that's, I mean, that's just, it's it's embarrassing. I didn't even check the Coupe de France records because they've scored 52 in four games. It's been a bit embarrassing. Um, so that one, it's a bit difficult to call because as I say, you've got three players who've won it before. Formiga isn't going to win it. Who do you pick? Um, I always think that OL have got several players on their books that you would like to have on your side in a fight. Lozoma and Marishan are two of them. Um, but I think for this one, I'd go with Amal Majri because she's more, uh, she's more polyvalent, polyvalent in English. Um, versatile. Versatile, yeah. Um, you know, left back, left wing, cutting in, lovely touch, great vision, wonderful player. So that would be, she'd be my pick. I'm just a little kind of disappointed that the same players have turned up again. But as Jess said, if, you know, the players and coaches are voting for it, that's because these women are the best. So, you know, maybe Fair you, enough. you have to, you have to accept that at some point, but Ada Hegerberg is brilliant. So look out for her in the, uh, in the Champions League final, apart from anything else. And, uh, and speaking of players to look out for, we're also going to give a quick nod to the league nominations for this category as well. Uh, again, who have we got on that list, Phil? We've got um, Neem, a double from Neem, Rashid Aloui. Is he still on loan or do they buy him from Lyon? Um, Umut Bozok, who is the top scorer in Ligue 2 with 24 goals. Romain Filippotto of... Auxerre and Diego Riganato of Reims. So um, that's a, an interesting group of Aloui and Bozok. 
are young players. So I think that's very promising in the fact that both of them are at Nîmes, who've got 69 goals um, equal to top of the table. Rouse, you know, that's a, a really dynamic attack um, where the two of them have got 39 goals out of those 69 between them. A really, really promising pair who, you know, hopefully they do come up to, to, to Liga um, or alternatively are going to move on for a significant wedge, one would imagine. Mm, yeah, significant being the operative word. And speaking of significant wedge, uh, the four nominees for the overseas player. Can I just quickly mention Bozok, just because oh, of, of the mess mm-hmm. connection. He was, last year he was top scorer in the Nacional. So to, mm. to make the step up and be um, dom- you know, dominating as top scorer this year, uh, I think at one point he had was it three hat-tricks in a row, four hat-tricks in a row. <laughs> Um, is just I think it's amazing. There's there's a famous interview with him doing the rounds earlier this season as well. He seems a top guy as well. So um, certainly no complaints if if he wins it. And it will no. be interesting. Well, if Nim go up, whether Nim go up or not, whether he stays there, whether mm. he makes the move, there are bigger teams sniffing around. So mm. um, it'll just be good to to see how how he does taking another step up. Yeah, where he ends up, absolutely. Um, these four are the nominees for the overseas French player. Um, I think this one's caused a bit of a stir, so I should read the nominations. Uh, this award was won by N'Golo Kante last season. Uh, he makes the list again this season, the Chelsea midfielder, as does, as does Antoine Griezmann at Atletico Madrid. Karim Benzema, who's uh, on the score sheet this evening for Real Madrid, time of recording. And Samuel Ntiti, largely regarded as one of the best centre-backs uh, in Europe, alongside uh, his partner in crime uh, of a French persuasion, a French persuasion, Clement Longley, who I just had to mention because I love him. Uh, so they are the four nominees. Um, Jess, let me pick on you first of all. Um, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> um I have no complaints with three of the nominations. <laughs> ah, I, like, I like how you've slid that in there. Let's, no, let's, all, let's all guess who the one is. <laughs> yes, who's the one, Jess? Do tell. <laughs> okay, he's spoiled my narrative slightly by scoring tonight. But at the same time, that's his first goal in open play since February. Mm-hmm. He's only, he's, he, he scored two in the Champions League until this point. I think both of those were against Apoel in a 6-0 hammering. One of them a penalty, possibly. Oh, I um, don't know. He's got he five has, in La Liga. He has only five goals in La Liga. I know that with Ronaldo there, with the other players at Real's disposal, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, it's blah, not, blah. His role is not only to score goals. But he wears number nine for a reason. His main job is to be a goal scorer. And Twitter tonight has gone fucking mental you know the best stri- French striker there is blah 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 pictures of Deschamps looking fed up etc etc it's pathetic it's tiresome he in previous seasons no one's disputed that he's had excellent seasons and that's never been the issue for France this year it's not even just that he just mm-hmm. simply has not had a good season yeah. Real, he gets booed often he gets substituted often Real wants to get rid of him it's only probably the French connection with Zidane that's keeping him clinging on there. It's ridiculous that he's in that list. Yeah. Um, you know, why not go a little bit different and go Guillaume Huaro, who helped 
um, young boys win the league for the first time in 30 years in Switzerland with his goals. Or, you know, a couple of the the top young players playing in France, Upamecano in, in, in defence, or Augustin or Haller doing reasonable things up front. As Chris alluded to earlier, why not Longley, who's, you know, taken a step up from Nossi to Seville and has, has fitted into the team perfectly. It's absolutely ridiculous that Benzema's there. Mm. I Jess, think how I... do you really feel about this situation? No, I was just going to say that, you know, Jess mentions some of the other, you know, good players you could look at. And I think, you know, things like, you know, I want looking at Giroud and thinking, oh, why doesn't he get a, get a shout? But yeah, there were so many good young players French players playing in the Bundesliga, in in Spain, and doing really interesting things. And it feels like this is a this is a reasonably recent award. It's only happened twice so far. And Griezmann won the won the first one, and then Canty won the second. So I'm really hoping that it's Umtiti that wins it this time. Because apart from the fact that he has been phenomenal. Also, he's the only defender who features in kind of the 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 four uh, different sets of male outfield players who have been picked here. I feel like the concept of defence needs some support, you know, and he's going to be a key player at the World Cup. He's, you know, a title winner now. He's been really, really impressive. Still quite a young guy for a centre-back. He just seems a very level-headed guy as well so we can argue with some of the other nominations but I'm hoping that Titi is the one that, that takes that award because he seems kind of Griezmann obviously has had a good season but not great Titi seems to have you know the kind of the greatness about him mm, no arguments here Rich anything to add to that um yeah I think just just three quick points Benzema it feels like the the players and coaches almost colluded to cause Deschamps even more headaches because it's, it's felt over months that the Benzema playing for France and appearing in the World Cup, that that had died down a little. Now all of a sudden he's nominated for this award, he gets that bloody goal tonight and everybody's going to be back on his on Deschamps' case. Why aren't you picking him for France? What about and Deschamps going to have to wheel out the same old, same old reason. I think he, sh- he should just sit there at the press conference with a fucking tape recorder and whenever anybody asks him it, just go... Ping, hit play, and just you know, I just refer the honourable gentleman to the answer I've given every press conference for the past three years. Just little yeah. post-it notes on the seats as the journalists come in. That's all he needs. Um, so there's that. Um, I think Samuel and TT has had a very good season. I'm no Barcelona expert by all accounts. With this ongoing saga of what's happening with his contract. Apparently that's that's, it, that's being sorted out now, yeah, and it looks like some of the previous press on that might have been ooh a little bit over. Oh, it's it's entirely it, yeah, it, it's been done many times before with Barcelona players to to help you know the, the the player put themselves in a slightly better position. But I do think it has affected his performances from what I gather from people who are far more. Yeah. Um, I think he's been back to. I think he's been back to pretty good the last couple of weeks, yeah. which is probably not a I mean, coincidence. I, I, I asked uh, Mohamed Butt from Squawker about this because he watches much more La Liga than I do. Uh, and he mentioned that there had been, you know, a, a bit of a kind of a bit of the yips when the 
the the contract situation came around he said he'd been practically flawless before that and but now he seems to be back to his best it looks like the contract extension is going to go forward and possibly some of that talk about him wanting nine million quid and to move to Manchester United might have been wishful thinking on some people's part you know there was um, something in Neki today that possibly if there's a vote with Spanish journalists he might not be getting it because apparently he poured some beer over Spanish journalists and they didn't take it as well as he thought they would. Really? Because he's always seemed like such a, he always gives a really, really kind of measured and interesting post-match interview. You know, he's one of the ones that actually talks about the tactics and what happened and what should have happened and why it happened. I think it was I, at the, during it the bus parade. I don't think it was sort of post-match. Very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, if he threw beer over somebody, I'm saying he, there was probably a very good reason. Um, there's there's one other player I think slightly unfashionable player playing for a slightly unfashionable club um, by all accounts uh, I know he hit the headlines for a hat trick a couple of weeks ago but by all accounts Jordan Veratu mm. has been mm. has been really good for Fiorentina this season really and good. I think it was certainly a, a you know a slightly left field move obviously things at, at Aston Villa didn't really work out and <laughs> neither did neither did coming back to to Ligue 1 on on loan. So it was a an interesting move, but it seems to pay dividends because he's he's back to his his best. And as I say, by I, I rely on people who are far more knowledgeable on Italian football than myself. But by all accounts, he has been very very good for Fiorentina this season. Mm. Oh, and Tolisso seems to yeah, be that was the one tear, I was tearing about. some stuff up. We we didn't mention him earlier. So, but that's it. There were lots of Cure at Watford. Yeah, yeah. Lots of good young French players tearing it up in a variety of different leagues so why is Benzema there other than you know the yeah. history mischief mischief <laughs> like that yeah no absolutely well said okay uh so that's the overseas players um and that uh, seamlessly takes us into the Liga player to finish off with um, i didn't this- even mention patrice ever Oh, who, who stop it! Stop it! We don't have time, Jess. Patrice. <laughs> if you're listening, happy 86th birthday. Um, yes, we love so, this game. Yeah, indeed. Uh, maybe not with him in it. Uh, Edinson Cavani, Florian Tova, Neymar, and Kylian Mbappe. Um, Edinson Cavani won the award last season. Um, hmm. Those four, interesting, interesting. I know that there's at least two on here that uh, Jez will probably take issue with. Um, do I start with Jez or do I build up? Uh, Rich, I'm going to give you the floor first, <laughs> and then I'm going to segue to Phil and then give Jez the platform to finish. So, uh, Rich, what do you reckon? Uh, it's not very imaginative, is it? It's not, um, is it? No. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Sonogo either disappoints me. <laughs> To be fair, he could be the player that keeps Toulouse up. He the, could. Yeah, somebody um, needs to. It's, it's, it's a very... It feels very weird because it's put me in a position where I'm backing Florian Tovan to win an award. Um, feels ugly, it, it's it? happened. It's happened. It's on record. Marseille fans, the, the war is over. Um, it, it, for me, it can, it can only really be him. You know, Kylian Mbappe. I've said before. I think he's had a good season. Has he done? I think. I, I do, do think? think he's. I do think he's had a. Good I mean, he's, he's had. A, I, I think the word is think, good. Yeah, but I don't think it's a season that merits a best player in league no. nomination. But it certainly merits his his young player nomination. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't think it's to that level. 
Um, so I have a little bit of issue there. I have a little bit of an issue with Neymar because obviously he's missed a huge, you know, a significant part of the season. I don't think we've seen the world's, you know, one of the world's top three players currently no, in no league and far more frequently than we should have. And yes, there have been times where we have seen it, but I don't think we've seen it often enough. So those two I have issue with. I can't really knock Cavani because. Unlike many at PSG, he works damn hard for that team. And yeah, he still sco- Yeah, he misses, but he still scores bucketfuls of goals. 27. He's I, top I, by seven goals. I, I, can't, I can't fault him. I can't, I can't fault his nomination for this award. But for me, for what Tovan has done this season as part of a Marseille side, yeah, we, it's, we're, we're repeating ourselves, I know, but Marseille have not been... 1-11 to 11 are not a particularly good side. But Jean, sorry, Rudy Garcia has got them all playing together and fighting together. And in Tovan, he has got, I think, over the course of the entire season, I think he's got the league's best player. Yeah, OK, as with all of Marseille's players, he doesn't necessarily perform at his best in, in the, the very biggest games. But what he has done... His statistics as well, you know, the number of goals that he's scored, the number of assists he's providing, it's to a, a really, really sit up and take notice level. Um, and you look at what's happened to him over the years, you know, stemming all the way back to that ill-fated move slash just used as a transfer from when he was at Lille to his, his poor time uh, uh, his sort of first stint with Marseille, I don't think he was particularly great there, to an even worse time when he was at Newcastle. To have come through that, to have come through that he's this slightly egotistical, couldn't really give a damn kind of a player, that he's actually knuckled down and worked really hard. And at times, it's felt like that Peter Marseille are only in with a shout of a top three place because of Tova. Yeah. Yeah, I think, mm. I think there's, there's, there's one other player that... Marseille that could be in with a shout for here but for for long parts of this season it's felt like Tovan is the only player so I think if I was to replace Neymar and Mbappe with two players very quickly I'd probably put Louis Gustavo on there I think he has been an absolute Trojan for Marseille um, seems like he's played pretty much every every game and in I think every, the every the stat, possible position as well. every, I think the stat that came out from Opta was that only Adil Rami across the whole top five leagues, only Adil Rami has played more minutes in all competitions than Louis Gustavo. Um, you have Rami in your four. <laughs> funny enough, minutes, minutes, minutes don't always transfer to quality performances. He scores a lot of goals, though. So, but for a, for Gustavo, I think, has, has, has had a brilliant season. And the other one, just for the fact that he's a bloody old man and he's just signed a contract extension and he's part of a very good defence I'd have to, to, to Phil's joy oh. I hope I'd, I'd have Hilton oh, yeah. in oh I'd when Hilton he that, that contract extension came out I was like oh that is I thought perfect. you said you're not basing it on minutes played <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I base it on goals conceded because <laughs> we're not I, that. 
Yeah. I chucked a tweet out the other day, which um, I don't know if you guys agree or, or disagree, but um, the the rebirth, if you will, of Florentova reminds me a lot of the Ben Arthur effect at Nice. Just a player that w- was almost sort of written off after his time in Newcastle. Of course, he's written off by English journalists because, let's be honest, they don't watch French football ever. Um, I'm looking at you, uh, Mr. Mr. Davis. Um, but um, yes, I, I just he just feels like a reborn player and I know there is the flat track bully element which I'm sure Jazz will touch on shortly um, but that's what it sort of feels like to me and the only the only other player I I wondered I don't know if you want to pass comment on this Phil a player that's missed off Nabil Fakir in terms of not just his output but in terms of a, a player who's come back from to be honest a, a potentially career-threatening injury to, to take his uh, his talent or his level up to where he has I think it's been certainly worth a mention at least yeah I think you know, when he had that bad injury and he's come back from that, there's been a couple of wobbles with other little niggles, but I mean, he's got 17 goals this year. Mm. Um, and he he is a key part of that Leon team. But the thing is, they've managed to kind of survive without him, um, whereas surviving without Tova has been significantly more dif- difficult for uh for for Marseille um, I'd go with Rich I think it's it's got to be it's got to be Tovan um, just for the amount of game changing moves he's put in 20 goals and 10 assists in Ligue 1 he's got another th- two or three goals in Europe and seven assists I think as well there he's played a really key part despite you know, missing a couple of key games, um, played a really key part in their European um, moves as well. So I'd um, I'd go with Tovan as well. Just I was looking up these stats, and you know, this is fun fact time because uh, Neymar he's got 19 goals. He's also got 13 assists, so he's head of the assist table. Tovan is fourth on 10 assists. Two and three are, you might not be surprised to hear, Dimitri Payet has got 12 for Marseille. But coming in at number three with Dossavi. 11 assists, it's Do- Mathieu Dossavi from Metz. So he he has been, you know, bless him, trying very hard uh, in difficult circumstances. So, yes, I'd go with Tovan from the four, um, from the four selected. And it is kind of difficult to think who else could you put in there yes Fekir there's a there's good argument for that but there's no in a sense because these are picked by as you say players and coaches there's no sort of off um off field um kind of uh option that you can you can put in there I think of the four we're seeing here Edison Cavani yes is the Ada Hegerberg of Ligue 1 good for him he won it last year no one can doubt his commitment or his goal scoring but I think calling him the best player is just feels kind of like a category error if we're talking about skill then it's between Tovan and Neymar and Neymar kind of annoys me so Tovan (laughs) his his end product has been exceptional has been exceptional I think if you're doing half season Players of the year, I think you know you've got Falcao had a brilliant first half yeah. of the season, and you're now seeing 
Mm. Both Memphis Depay and, and Dimitri Payet have fantastic second half of the season. Both of Debussy. them. <laughs> yeah, right. Debussy. Yeah, but both. This well, is this okay. is where the team of the year discussion is going to kind of <laughs> bring us to blows, I think. But we're going to agree on some people, and he's one of those people, possibly. <laughs> I just realised as well. I'll just correct myself quickly. I said uh, I'm looking at you, Mr. Davis. I don't know why I called him Davis. I meant Jonathan Pierce. Sorry, I, I don't know why I said Davis. So, uh, seeing as I am basically slagging somebody off, I want to get their name right. Uh, anyway, speaking of slagging people off, Jez, you couldn't have put that any better as a segue, could you? Or are you going to be nice? I, I can never quite decide. So, I uh, I put the cart there in front of the horse. <laughs> And I shall allow you to steer it in whichever direction you wish. Um, do you want to start with Neymar, or shall I just let you go for gold on whoever you want to go with? Um, no, I mean, first of all, my main issue is for strikers. It's just so unimaginative. Mm-hmm. And again, I it's, the, it's the players and coaches. The but concept of defending needs support. But not just defending, midfield, even attacking midfield. It's just... Lazy. I don't... I don't yeah. I mean... Uh, Whenever these nominations come out, it always reminds me of Gareth Bale getting Player of the Year in England just because the deadline for votes was the week that he scored a hat-trick against Inter Milan. <laughs> um, it's just ridiculous. Of the four players who are there, as, as I alluded to earlier and Rich said, Mbappe has had a very good season. He's still, what, 19, is he? Um, you know, the stats are amazing for a 19-year-old, but he's created a kind of monster for himself. And I don't really think that he deserves a place in the um, Player of the Year nominations. Um, Cavani, as Phil said, I mean, it's hard to argue with his scoring record. Um, so I think probably fair enough that he's there. Although, you know, just as last year, I certainly don't think he deserved it last year, but fine. Um, you know, Probably more deserving, I'd say, this year. Um, but and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets it. But that's pretty much that. Pretty much is all he does. He scores great, but um, for player he of the year, as well, exactly. Fair. You want a little bit more than <laughs> I that, I think. To. I just had to. Sorry. Um, so in terms of the other two, Neymar, I agree with Rich. It sounds ridiculous to say, considering his stats and considering that his stats are better than, than Tovas. But there's, again, it, it depends on the, your criteria for, for judging the player of the year. Is it, um, first of all, is it just league or is it Champions League as well? If it's Champions League as well, then I think he's entirely failed in his job and his reason for joining PSG. So definitely does deserve it on that basis. If it's based on, you know, column inches, then fine. If it's based on causing lots of dissent with you on your own team, definitely fine. Um, you know, if it, or, you know, on pitch temper tantrums because you don't get to take a penalty, then yeah, he's a, he's a shoe in. But I feel like PSG would have won the league without Neymar's contribution. Mm-hmm. On that basis, being flippant, Dossavi deserves a nomination more than Neymar because if it wasn't for Dossavi, Mess would have been relegated in January. Um, and, you know, the same goes for Tokoy Atambi or Angers, for example. Mm-hmm. You can come up with quite a few of these examples. So I understand why he's there simply looking at the stats, but I'm not entirely comfortable with Neymar being there. That said, his stats are better than Tova, and I think Tova absolutely does deserve to be there. Um, 
for a lot of the season, I think Marseille have been pretty much a two-man team, and he's absolutely been one of them. Um, I'm just distracted because Bayern Munich should have had a penalty. Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. Just, Break news. Um, <laughs> um, but, Full attention. Um, so I do think there's two or three other players who should be there. Um, talking about sort of good seasons, good half seasons, uh, Ronnie Lopez, I think, has had yeah, more than sure. a good half a season. I think he definitely deserves a shout. Um, similarly to Fekir, although he was out for a while and then off form for a little bit. Awa and Dombele, I think, are deserving of a, a nomination in this one more than Mbappe. Um, to me, if I was to give it to anyone, I would give it to Luis Gustavo. I think he, in terms of overall, I think he's been, um, I think he's really set the tone for Marseille. I know he hasn't got the goals, but I think he's been the most important player in terms of the versatility, in terms of playing in centre of defence when he's needed to, in terms of being the on-field general, in terms of giving that team a character, the sort of, uh, I can't think of any other word but cojones but yeah. you know that's the way Marseille play where they don't play well but they get these results against the smaller teams um, and you know I, re- I really think that he is their most important player irrespective of Tovan's goals and assists um, and I think it's terrible that he's at least not on the list but for me he would be my player of the year just on uh, just on Neymar to sort of wrap the seg- segment up, um, I you you I was sort of thinking to myself uh, the exact point you made in terms of if you replace Neymar with, for example, it's the second time he's going to get mentioned in this podcast, Hatim Ben Arfa, would PSG still have won the league as comfortably as they have? Yes, yeah. I would argue you could replace him with Nkuku or Lo Celso, and they still would have won the league as comfortably as he did. Whereas, I think if you replace Ferrer and Tovan with, say, Clinton and G, just for argument's sake, would Marseille be anywhere near where they are in both Europa and Liga? I'm not so sure. Good point. No, though. but Clinton and G is a bit like Genesio. He's also done some very important things this year. Oh yeah, I, I ignored. I'm being harsh on Clinton. I mean, he just using example. I mean, you can put. I don't know whoever you like in that in that role but but a player who you know Tovan has made such an impact to the point where even journalists um frankly who aren't qualified enough to talk about players in Liga have even started to say oh yeah that's that guy who was crap at Newcastle um yeah well well done I think that's that's that guy who was crap at Newcastle is pretty much the LinkedIn profile of many many Liga players Remy Cabello now at Saint-Étienne is is like doing quite well for himself indeed yeah anyway. I, I i think i think like you guys I, th- I think tovan is the one um gustavo i'll be honest i had overlooked i really had i think again it's it's what i would call biasly the gilberto silva effect isn't it when when he's not around my god do you notice it and obviously he's been around most of the mm. season you wonder where well, imagine, imagine if he'd been in the arsenal team the last 10 oh years. don't jez that's just <laughs> don't, just don't right? well one one interesting thing about louis gustavo is you say he stepped in at centre-back when he had to. They had um, Rolando back um, on Thursday in the first leg of the Europa semi-final. And Garcia still put Louis Gustavo back at centre-back. And as we, um, you know, I mention it now, in home furnishings corner, they have both a cushion and a clean sheet. They won 2-0 against uh, Salzburg, uh, which is a great, score to take away when they go to Austria for the second leg on on Thursday looking for 
uh, a trip to the final. If they just keep their heads, look for an away goal, they're, they're, they should be okay. So you look at that, he was put back there um, even with one of the usual starting centre-backs available. And this is not kind of the Eamon Abdenor situation where Rudy Garcia has played a 19-year-old defensive midfielder back there just to stop him getting on the pitch. This was Rolando, who, who is uh, you know one of their starters. So, yes, he has been... Gustavo has yeah. been um, epic for OM as well, but... The only I think that there's that. always a bias towards attacking in these awards, as we have seen from all of the discussions we've had. Um, and and it has to be said, Phil, that moustache, ha- it, it needs to go. I mean, that that's... Uh, <laughs> no, no. I mean, funnily enough, one of the Salzburg players has got a pawn tash as well. Yes. But I mean, it's it was just like Lionel Richie, isn't it? I, I, mean, I, it... I was waiting for the two of them to get photographed together, just because <laughs> that would be... You know, it's it's from, a bit anyway. fresh, fresh Prince meets Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. It's it's a bit in between, you know. If the I man mean, if he's is been, comfortable with his own moustacheness, and I think which, we should all respect that, which yeah. is fine. But I, I mean, I'm saying you need to go full Afro with that stash. I mean, you know, full. No, I, I, want, I, want, I want Gustavo Matroglu to be in like a 1970s oh, cop film. Yes, Matroglu's in base, which is other squad news for OM on, on Thursday he's going to be, he was injured um, after the <clears throat> slightly disappointing 1-1 draw with Angers at the weekend and will be out for about two weeks, so that's wow. possibly a problem for them attack I would argue, But I would argue that improves yeah. Marseille but um, that's just well, he's it's useful before. to have him around, that's all I'm is saying <laughs> I'll take your word for that it, it is Okay, Um, we will just um, very, very quickly uh, round up the, or I will round up the uh, weekend Kifu artists in the results from Liga because we can't leave them behind. And then uh, it gives you you guys some thinking time to finish off the pod. I want a a game from each of you that you're going to be keeping an eye on this weekend. So the weekend that was, we saw Kant and Toulouse draw 0-0 last Wednesday. Nothing to see here. Uh, Montpellier losing at home to St. Etienne. Sorry, Phil, on the Friday. From Raman Hamuma. Good to see his name back on the sheet. Uh, another goal for Memphis Depay secured Leon a 2 0 victory over Nantes. Uh, Bertrand Traore with the second. These are the Saturday fixtures, of course. Uh, Dijon uh, certainly didn't cut the mustard as they lost at home to Bordeaux. Sorry, away to Bordeaux. Sorry, I have to get that joke in once upon a time. Salincare, Camano, and Rossier on goal with Sleety briefly equalising for Dijon. Uh, Lille. First win, I think it's three months. I read somewhere. <laughs> Jesus hey! Christ. Andrew uh, will be merrily jogging around in Lille uh, with his fists in the air, although it probably won't mean much. Uh, Louis Serral, uh, Pepe and Bissouma with the goals. Nola Rue pulling one back for Mets. Uh, sorry, Jez, the dream has died. But um, hey Just ho. quickly, that's Rue is now well ahead of Mbappe in scoring charts. And Dos- the Dosavita-Rue combination is now level with uh, Neymar to Cavani. So expect Nolan Rue to be the forward when uh, when uh, Wolves come up next season. Um, yes, all <laughs> the monies. Um, Monaco and Amiens. Uh, Monaco are suffering a slump at the worst possible time. I believe it's now five without a win. Uh, all sorts of rumours about Jardim uh, exiting. Uh, if he needs a lift to North London, that's not a problem. I can sort that out. No worries. Give me a call, Leo. Um, but Monaco's form really suffering. De Cavi and uh, Gunnar also sent off late on in that game. Nil-nil not good enough um 
Strasbourg and Nice drawing one all. Balotelli's equaliser from the penalty spot after Sadi had put Strasbourg in front. Uh, Khan also losing a pretty important game this, an important win for Trois, who actually came from behind. Santini, who else for Khan? Before Vakutra and goal. Uh, Benjamin Nive and Sukyung Jung with the goals for Trois. Uh, really key three points for them. And on the Sunday, Ren. Uh, Rachel will be delighted to, um, to see them win. 2 1 over to Luz, who are having an awful spell of it. Yang on with an own goal initially before Ren powered back. Goals from uh, Saliki and uh, Burigo with uh, also a, a two or two bookings for Lil Saliki. The goal scorer sent off in the 70th minute in that one. And Angers Marseille drawing one all. Tovan, that man, of course, from the penalty spot for Traore, grabbing a point for the home side in the 17th. I would say a very dodgy penalty, but it can't be because all the referees hate Marseille. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I haven't seen it, but uh, that'll be what I need to look up. Uh, and I hear there was a rather decent goal for Gangomp, who actually pulled. Two, uh, two points off of PSG, uh, maybe um, a little bit of a hangover from winning the league, of course. Two goals from Cavani late on, coming from two goals down. Blast if you, if, just, just, if you do see that Ludovic Blair goal, which is the, um, <laughs> the opening the goal, one, it's, it's a fantastic goal, but even better was his, his uh, taking the mick, but they are, they are, they are friends, his uh, Mbappe celebration. The, uh, jump in the, the, the jump of the arms cross <laughs> because it, I mean it, checking out it was an absolutely brilliant goal but the celebration really did make me chuckle and yeah, even better than that if you look up the goal on the um, oh my word the goal, twit- the goal Twitter account whatever mm. the account is there's goal UK goal of different places the, the they managed to stop the video on Emery looking spectacularly yes, weird watch, and uncomfortable. It's I'm very watching funny. it now. He does look like he sat on something he shouldn't have, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, so so that makes that makes Gango only because I was I was watching Grantchester, uh, <clears throat> so uh, I was just checking in with the score because I figured I knew how this game was going to go, and then was like, oh shit. Um, so I was really hoping they'd hang on because obviously the only teams to beat PSG this season are Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Lyon and Strasbourg. Uh, but Gangol find themselves in the second uh, party, which is the only teams to have drawn with PSG this season. Montpellier, Marseille, Saint-Étienne and now Gangol. And the only team to take points uh, away from At the home. PSG. Yeah. And and it is a brilliant strike from uh, from from Blur. I would have to say it's one of those that on a Sunday morning on a wet pitch, having had seven beers the night before, it's one of those that nine times out of ten ends up in the river. Uh, <laughs> but you catch one occasionally and ends up in the top corner. So fair play to him. Um, just one quick aside before I get your games of the week. Anyone else notice how Unai Emre often looks like the Count from Sesame Street? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is quite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we wish Unai all the best. Well, yeah, before we move on to games of the week, we should also mention uh, the Women's Champions League, uh, where we've had uh, the semi-final legs over the past two Sundays, and Lyon are through to their seventh final, looking for their fifth title, having beaten Manchester City 1-0 at, in Lyon having had a goalless draw in Manchester, it was really, really tight and it kind of points up Lyon's potential problem when they play a team that's actually quite good and trying. Uh, It was a wonderful, wonderful goal from Lucy Bronze. If you've seen that, that's an outside of the boot full volley uh, from a 
Majri cross from the left. I mean, it's it's wonderful. That happened in 17 minutes. City was brilliant. Bardsley in goal has had two fabulous matches. I think she had to face 23 shots in the first game and it was 24 in the second um, and kept it to 1-0 on aggregate. So they're going to be facing Wolfsburg, who beat uh, Chelsea 2-0, making that 5-1 on aggregate little more pointed obviously they've met before in 2013 Wolfsburg won in 2016 Lyon won it's 2018 who's going to get the title this time so that's going to be a really really exciting watch also just again quickly we talked about Hilton being a veteran earlier and we talked about brilliant goals this weekend Mm -hmm. it's also worth looking out for 41 year old Benjamin Nive Nive yes yeah, he yeah. he's he's on my notes in capital letters because he he deserves capital letters. That man. He does. He always yeah. deserves capital letters. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Right, we will finish then with a game each from you all. Um, I'm going to start us off just because I can to lose Lille. Haha, I've stolen it off you. If anybody else had that one down. Um, <laughs> If there was ever a massive game for two sides who are in awful form, that is it. Uh, Sunday, 4pm. Sorry, yes, it is Sunday. I'm looking at the wrong day here. Yeah, Sunday, 4pm. Yep. Um, Thing, things seem to be have, have been yeah. moved to Sunday because obviously um, Saturday the 5th is the Furiani uh, mm. anniversary. So it seems like things have been reorganised a bit. Um, and I could watch more games, so I'm and all for it. There's Ami on PSG on Friday and then everything else is on the Sunday. On that, by the way, sorry, just to go slightly tangential again. Um, it was announced this week that from, I think, 2020, they're completely revamping the um, kickoff times. And mm. rather than Saturday night being sort of multiplex time, I think it's going to be like Sunday lunchtime or Sunday afternoon. And most people are not at all happy about it. No. Like, you know, the, when they dicked around with it because of, you know, China with the Nice PSG match and the Nice Ultras had a sign up saying, sorry, we're eating. <laughs> this is France. You do not mess with lunchtime in France or the post-lunch. Nap. Do you think that's got anything to do with the fact that the Premier League is showing Saturday night games? Do you think that maybe there is the reason now? Because that's No, I think it, it's all that. to do with they need to play earlier because of these new Asian markets that, you know, ah. they, they've got the trophy de champions happening in, in China for the next three years. The PSG have just opened up, I don't know, an office in Singapore or something. They're, they're really pushing this. So we are going to see times moving kind of earlier in the day to be able you to, get to the, accommodate I mean, those other time zones. You've got Nice have, have got Chinese money in their team. Mm. I think Ozem might have as well. So there's more. To social as well. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm LED lighting uh, manufacturers seem to be everywhere. It's, uh, it, it's certainly, I think, there's more to come, I think, from, from certainly China and money into the French League. I mean, it's when that's when Italy have most of their matches, so it's not completely unheard no, of. I but I think, you know, it's the same as, I mean, here it's been a more gradual thing, but it's like getting rid of three o'clock. Saturday afternoon kickoffs here and I think also in France that's kind of when most sort of Sunday league amateur matches take place as well so that's going to take away a hell of a lot of the um not listenership or readership watchship whatever whatever the right word is audience audience, that's it yeah no fair play 
Okay, so uh, so I'm calling whoever loses out of Toulouse and Lille is down. That's just my opinion. Uh, Rich, who are you watching this weekend? Um, I'm going to be watching Ren v Strasbourg uh, for initially obvious reasons. Um, because Ren obviously needs to, to win. They've got PSG the game after. So if Ren do harbour aspirations of, of European football, they're going to need to win here. Strasbourg, likewise, are going to need a win because I think if there is a winner from Toulouse-Lille, that really drags Strasbourg into yeah. a spot of bother because either either winner from that Toulouse-Lille game, probably I think Lille needs to win by a couple, couple of goals, but a, a big win for Lille or a win for Toulouse puts... Those one of those the winner of that that game above Strasbourg. There's um, only so, there's only one difference in the goal difference between the two of them. So if Lille win, then they'll automatically be level um, with Strasbourg. Yeah. So so that's that's the game I'm watching because it's got it's got repercussions at, at both ends both ends of the table. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Phil, what about yourself? Marseille Nice. Because there's still the the clump for Europe is still going on. Obviously, Nice did themselves um, have uh, done themselves some good recently. Saint Etienne um, kind of took the box seat in the the race for fifth with uh, the the victory over Montpellier last Friday. But um, Marseille still got their eye on a, a top three finish, and it's still doable given that Monaco's form is a bit yippy at the minute so I think that's going to be a very interesting game um, which could sort out a couple of the European places Interesting, interesting um, and Jez um, He's just seen Benzema score again but <laughs> oh, he hasn't, if he? ever, yeah but you need to see this goal I mean it's absolutely nothing, it's one of the worst goalkeeping mistakes I've ever seen in my life Spawny um, I will be watching, I think, I think Lyon 3 could be a very good game, but not necessarily um, an even game. Um, I think Saint-Etienne-Bordeaux could be interesting. Bordeaux mm-hmm. sort of lost form, but are finding it a little bit again. But Saint-Etienne, the form they're in, you have to think they're favourites. Caen-Monaco is intriguing because I think Caen are 100% out of it. They probably are. And Monaco really need to, to start finding a bit of form again. Um, and I think Marseille-Nice could be a really good match. Um, just, you know, because I have complimented Marseille quite a bit, I will finish with a bit of a criticism. Again, they, you know, however well they've done in the league, however well they've done even in the Europa League, they still haven't beaten anyone from reasonably high up in any league. And um, in France, they haven't beaten anyone from the top six at Sal- home. Salzburg are top of the Bundesliga, Jess. <clears throat> Just Are we we counting Austrian league? You oh. did say any league. You said okay, any, any half decent league, fine. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, the Austrians are after us as well. No, okay, fair enough. I think they beat the team who were third in Slovenia as well, so I take it all back. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, so they haven't beaten at home anyone else in the top seven I think in France so this would be a very good time to do it Nice are not in good form um, but Marseille will be coming off the second leg of their Europa match they did look very tight against Angers um, mm. 
Sunday may turn on what the result is. You know, if, if they're through to the final, they really need to, well, they don't have to, but they might choose to put all their eggs in the final basket. If they lose, they might be in a funk or they might be even more up for it because then they've only got the top three to play for if they want Champions League football. So, you know, it could be a really interesting match. Um, uh, but as usual with any two of the teams near the top in France, it really depends which of the teams turn up because all of them are so kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, it is one of those. It's quite a big weekend actually, isn't it? In uh, in 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 Liga, so I think it will be will be certainly worth keeping an eye on. Um, we will of course be back. Uh, well, we say this time next week. It might be a Wednesday, undecided at the moment. But in order to fit in the Coupe de France final, we may be switching days well of course we'll let you know we'll we'll work out something but we will be back one way or the other so that will happen um until then please uh, do keep an eye keep tweeting us with your bits and bobs uh keep an eye on, on all things french football lots to happen this weekend and of course marseille's big game on thursday which of course i'll be keeping tabs on whilst watching my beloved arsenal tumble at the final hurdle again uh hopefully not but until then i hope you've enjoyed this bumper episode of the awards uh my thanks to the crew so thank you phil thank you thank you jazz thank you and thank you rich thank you very much so until next time as i say enjoy your french football and we'll be back with you very soon